You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. I will be your host today as Dave Griffiths is out and about covering the Indiana Hoosiers as they're about to go on their March Madness tear. But joining he, me... He's, a, he's in he's in Portland. He had a 5.15 flight today, so you and I got the better of this, believe me. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Mike, Mike Chappell, as always, joining me to discuss... Uh, A lot of news breaking lately about the NFL free agency period. Legal tampering window opened up Monday. So we've seen from uh, Adam Schefter and NFL Network and all these reporters, all these deals uh, being announced. Of course, they cannot become official until 4 p.m. today, Wednesday. We are currently recording this at about 2 p.m. and we will do our best to cover uh, any news that breaks while we record this, but it's all very fluid situation. And Mike, the Colts staying true to who they've been the last several years, they've been bringing back um, several of their own players. The first move that happened was tight end Mo Alley Cox. He resigns with Indianapolis or has agreed to resign with Indianapolis on a three year contract. Uh, $18 million total is what he can earn over the course of the contract. Um, Mike, Mo Alleycox really became a more important player to bring back for the Colts once Jack Doyle announced his retirement. Uh, Cox has 55 catches, 700 yards, and six touchdowns over the past two seasons combined. What are your thoughts on the Colts bringing back Mo Alleycox? Uh, we kind of expected this. It's a decent contract. But it kind of shows you where they how they value him as as, as a good player, not a great player. I, I I don't think even remotely that resigning Mo Ali Cox means you've addressed the tight end position. They still need a tight end, a veteran tight end. But one thing will go down this list. They had about two dozen free agents, free agents pending as of four o'clock today, and they always do the domino thing. They they do step by step, and their first step generally. The Carson Wentz thing's different, but they generally try to re-sign their own. And when you looked at that list of 20-some players, none of them really just jumped off the table at you like, boy, we got to, what do we do if we don't re-sign this guy? But there were a handful of guys, and they signed, re-signed most of them, that they, they, they helped the quality of the roster. And if you don't re-sign these guys, you got to re-sign somebody else. So I think the guys they re-signed are the ones I thought they would. A few more I hope they do, but this is the first start, and then I think the next few days they'll get more busy with, with addressing other positions from other players' cast-offs. Yeah, a couple of guys uh, we in past episodes pinpointed as um, high-priority players to re-sign for Indianapolis have been brought back to the team. Matt Pryor, offensive tackle, and defensive end Tyquan Lewis, both brought back on one-year deals. Matt Pryor... Uh, his contract is about five and a half to six million dollars. That's pretty decent money uh, for a swing tackle, and he could end up becoming the Colts' starting left tackle if Indianapolis doesn't make any more moves at that position. And Lewis, a guy who you know Chris Ballard was kind of talking up that he was playing good football for Indianapolis before his knee injury on that interception against the Titans. He comes back for three million dollars. It really just adds depth to two areas of need for Indianapolis, and they're players who could be starting this season. Yeah, again, with Matt Pryor, I mean, right right now he's your starting left tackle. 
I mean, it's it's by default, but so you're going into this is is worst case. He's he's our he's their left tackle. Tyquan Lewis, again, he's not a great player, but he's a pretty good player, and he's the kind of guy you love to have in your rotation. Can play inside. He can play outside. The issue is going to be with with the patella. How soon will he be ready? Will he be ready for the start of camp or the season? We'll see. But and and then with Ashton Doolin coming back on the restricted tender, he gives you that fourth or fifth receiver and special teams guy. So again, I realize Colts fans don't see this as being signs of being all the chips in, but you you have got to take care of the middle and the bottom of your roster if you're going to be any good come September. Yeah, these were all moves that I think both you, me, and Dave all kind of expected for the Colts to make here. They're not really splashy. They're bringing back their solid players who will play. Um, if, if they're not starters, they'll play key roles for Indianapolis coming up this year. The one outside signing Indianapolis has made is cornerback Brandon Fashon. Uh He played for the Raiders last year. Following three seasons, he was also with Gus Bradley in uh, L.A. with the Chargers. So this is six foot two, 197-pound cornerback, 27 years old, who started nine games for Vegas last year and recorded his first career interception. Not exactly the Vegas cornerback we were thinking of, Mike. I know uh, we had kind of pinpointed Casey Hayward as an obvious uh, free agent that the Colts could bring in to replace Xavier Rhodes, who has yet to sign a deal as of this minute, but definitely someone who the Colts could bring in and compete for a starting spot. Well, and Hayward still may be here. I mean, again, it's everybody, including us, we're so impatient. Let's let this play out, and and, and we'll talk about it later, but the, the money at the start of free agency is just crazy. It's stupid. Christian Kirk's get gets $17 million a year. I mean, that's minimum. And, and we're still waiting for his first 1,000-yard season. So when, when that sort of helps set the market, you just sort of sit back and say, okay, if you guys want to go out and throw Monopoly money at these guys, fine. The Colts, again, they, they do test everyone's patience. By and large, they've, they've hit on their free agents under Chris Ballard, a few misses. But And what they've tried to do is avoid missing on a guy to where it costs you for two or three years in dead money. They've, they've tried to avoid that. So I've taken the approaches. Yes, I, w- I, I wish they had signed somebody by now just because that's part of who I am. But if we're having this discussion next week on the podcast and they've really done nothing, then they've opened themselves up for criticism. Let's wait and see how this thing plays out. Yeah, definitely have to take a patient approach, especially with Chris Ballard and the Colts. If you didn't know they were going to play things like this by now, uh, where you've been the last several years. The last thing I'll say is I need to get a hold of Christian Kirk's uh, agent next time my contract is up here at the station because boy I tell you I'm not sure how he got that money but good that's for just him. that's the, the the best receiver on the market whomever that was Allen Robinson or something the, the, that's the contract he should get it, it's just that, that's what I say I mean I understand betting on a young player and hoping he's ready to emerge but holy smokes it's just and again the contract I can't remember what the, what the exact numbers were. But it, it, it's not. It, it's a lot of these contracts. People have to understand when it says like four years, seventy million. It's really like two years and thirty-five million. These are normally two-year deals in, in real money, but still, seventeen, eighteen million dollars and almost forty million dollars the first two years. That's just that's crazy by NFL free agent standards. 
Yeah, absolutely. A couple more Colts notes before we kind of get on and look at what's going on the rest of free agency. Indianapolis has lost guard Mark Lewinsky, who is reportedly signing with the New York Giants, a three-year deal worth up to $20 million for Lewinsky. So, Mike, that's one position. He's been very solid and steady for Indianapolis the past three years at right guard. The Colts will have a new right guard moving forward. Yeah, and of all the guys, not all of them, but but the ones we've talked about, I would like to have had Glowinski back. I think he's a pretty solid player at right guard. The problem is when you've got money at right guard or right tackle, when you got money at center, when you got money coming in at left guard, and, and, and we'll see what they do at left tackle, something's got to give. And it, it was right guard, and, and that's going to be either maybe Chris Reed is still in the mix, we'll see. But Danny Penner, this is almost like we're at the point now where if nothing's done, then this guy's the fallback. They like Danny Penner. Uh, they like Wolf Fries. So we'll see. But, you know, I, at some position when you've got so much locked into certain positions, something's got to give. You cannot have two, one really, really high-paid guard and one decent high-paid guard. So I would have preferred Glowinski back because I think he's a sure thing. But, you know, if Chris Reed or even Pinner is your fallback, then so be it. Yeah, I kind of expected Glowinski to move on just because, of, like you said, the Colts were not going to be willing to pay the money for Glowinski that other teams would um, who might not necessarily have as much salary cap locked up in the rest of their offensive line already. The Colts were awarded two compensatory draft picks. They will officially have an extra fifth-round pick. 179th overall and an extra sixth round pick 216th overall we've seen the Colts uh, turn fifth and sixth round picks into starting players uh, in Chris Ballard's era I'm thinking of uh, Anthony Walker who I believe just re-signed another contract with the Browns so good for him Um, I think safety uh, Kari Willis was a fourth rounder Um, so you can find guys in the fourth fifth sixth rounds to be starters for you so those draft picks might end up being important for Indianapolis going forward. The last bit of Colts news here, Indianapolis made it official, announced Reggie Wayne as wide receivers coach. Uh, Mike, you have a great story online at fox59.com and cbs4indy.com, just kind of breaking down what Reggie had to say about the decision to finally become a coach, uh, the sacrifices he's given up no longer down there at Miami Beach with a drink in his hand and a cigar in his lips, but it's great to have Reggie officially on board. And and Frank Reich has tried to do this for several years, probably two or three years. He'd call Reggie and say, what do you think? And Reggie would think about it, and it just wasn't time. He was still sort of, as he said, enjoying life. His kids were younger, uh, and this time Frank called, whenever it was, February or March, or January maybe, and Reggie thought about it. And it, it is, it, it's a sacrifice. I mean, it, it is. His family's staying down in Florida. He'll be up here. And it's just, I always, with Reggie, with a lot of guys, I always wonder, does the guy enjoy the thought of being a coach or does he really want to be a coach? And it's two different things. It's one thing to say I'm a coach and I'm out there from 10 o'clock until 3 o'clock, you know, on the practice field in meeting rooms, and then then I'm home. No, when you're a coach, like he told us, he said, now I'm coming, I get in there and it's dark and I leave and it's dark. So it, it, it is, especially when you're you know young and you're coming up the ranks, 
it's it's such a change in your like he said his his regimen his routine, and he he is convinced the team's convinced that he's ready to make that commitment, and they're getting a guy that that knows what he's doing. He knows how to relate, and, and he, he like he said once Marvin Harrison left whatever year that was seven or eight, he was kind of the. Uh, the 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 the, uh, the leader of the room. They they let him sort of lead the room and be and be that experienced guy. So it, it's a great addition, and if they can get him a few guys to work with, it's going to be a great room to have moving forward. Yeah, definitely excited to have Reggie in there to coach up some of the young wide receivers that the Colts have on the roster, and will hopefully continue to add to the roster going forward. Here, uh, as we get into free agency, the AFC South has uh, been a big talking point across the NFL. First of all, the Jaguars have gone on an absolute spending spree, taking the complete opposite approach of the Colts. They've spent over $259 million on seven free agents this week. Uh, $155 million of that is guaranteed money. Now I'll just lift off the names, because you're thinking, that's a lot of money. Man, they must have signed some star players. Eh, not so much. Arizona's wide receiver, Christian Kirk, we've already discussed him. We've we've already already trashed that one. Go ahead. We've already trashed that one. (laughs) Washington guard, Brandon Sheriff, I would say is probably the the best player that they did sign and a player who can protect uh, their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. They also signed Rams cornerback, Darius Williams, Atlanta linebacker, Foyet. Foye Olukun, I'm sure I I apologize for surely trashing that pronunciation. Here's another tough one. Jets defensive tackle Foley Fatukasi, Giants tight end Evan Ingram, and Vegas wide receiver Zay Jones. They also released linebacker Miles Jack. Mike, I feel like the Jaguars have done this from time to time in free agency where they just go out spend a bunch of money on really mid-level players. Um, And this is kind of, you know, you talk about being impatient with the Colts. Well, this is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum where they've done a lot, they've spent a lot of money, but I'm really not sure how much better their football team has gotten. Well, I would argue that they got rid of a player, maybe the better player than what they brought in with Miles Jack. They did this a couple years. I didn't look it up because it's Jacksonville and we've got our own issues, but they did this four or five years ago, bringing in some pretty good players, making trades and bringing in free agents. And I don't know that that resulted in that one step from the Super Bowl or not. But just because you spend money, I mean, Bill Belichick may have set the record last year with free agent moves and money. Now, Jackson was going to blow him out of the water probably. But it's just – it's it's – it looks good. How many teams have been given the old off-season Lombardi Trophy, and then they're four and whatever, twelve or now thirteen? So yeah, I, I, and that, that's what makes it worse for Colts fans. Is they see all these guys going places. I just saw that Chandler Jones is about to go to uh, Vegas. I thought he would have been a good. He'd have been a good addition here. I I would have paid for Chandler Jones. I would have, but. Uh, that that's what and maybe once Ballard signs a guy who who you know and there's some money involved people will settle down but i just i just i think over the course of history teams that do this generally 
almost always. Now, New England was different. These are these are the worst teams trying to get better quickly, and seldom does that work. Mike, uh, we got some we got some breaking news coming in here. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport is reporting that Raiders pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe is expected to be traded to the Colts in a deal that includes cornerback Rocky Sin. Uh, so you just mentioned that it looked like the Raiders. I've seen reports that they are signing pass rusher Chandler Jones. Um, so they're bring, Raiders are bringing in Jones, shipping off uh, Ngakwe to the Colts. I've not seen the complete details of all these workings yet. Um, but Mike, initial thoughts on the Colts bringing in a much-needed pass rusher, but also shipping away one of their starting outside cornerbacks. Well, to get talent, you have to give up talent in trades, and that's what they've done. If if this goes through, and I'm, these guys are normally ninety nine percent right. So, I, I I guess that's where you don't really trust what you've got in Rockasini. Had the one solid year last year. I would always take the pass rusher over the corner and and try to make a, a an average corner better with a pass rusher. So, good for the Colts if this, if this works. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up um, stats on Yannick right now. I know he he. Had some really good years for the Jaguars and then had a couple down seasons, ended up going to the Vegas Raiders and really kind of bounced back last year. Um, Let's see, 10 sacks last year with the Raiders. Prior to that, he was in a deal that sent him to Baltimore and it just never really quite clicked in 2020 in Baltimore. He only had three sacks there. Um, Ngakwe now with Quiddy Pay. Mike, uh, and also Taekwon Lewis coming back. Second-round pick, Dio Dangbo on the roster. It seems like, uh, assuming all this goes through and is official, we'll see if anything else was included in this trade, but it seems like the Colts um, are at least set for now at defensive end. And again, that that was, it's always the priorities of what you have to get done, and and Chris Powell has always talked about strong up front on O-line, D-line, and you got to have a pass rush. They, these guys have gotten along as as well as they could without a consistent pass rush. So, on paper, th- this makes them a much more formidable defensive front. When you've got Nagakwe and and uh, Quiddy, we'll see, and then DeForest Buckner as well. Yeah, Nagakwe, he'll be 27 by the start of this upcoming season. Uh, he has a 15 million dollar cap hit in 2022, the last year of his current contract. So the Colts, um, you know, Rocky Sin was about to enter the last year of his contract. Ngakwe is entering the last year of his contract. Um, so the Colts may be part of what went into this deal was thinking we would rather pay um, a, a guy who's been a proven pass rusher in this league in Ngakwe going forward than we would Rocky Sin. Um, but that does absolutely push cornerback much higher on the list of needs for Indianapolis they've brought in one corner from Vegas already uh, now Gus Bradley gets back another pass rusher that he just had the previous year we'll uh, if it, it, we'll keep commenting on this as any more details roll out but for now Mike uh, the Colts have yet to make a move at quarterback and it seems like the first domino to fall before they do is Houston trading Deshaun Watson and where Watson ends up going. Last week, grand jury chose not to indict Watson on criminal charges. Uh, His 
top suitors, uh, highly reported by multiple outlets, are the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Browns. Each have met with Watson, and I've seen a report that each has a trade package to Houston already. Watson does have a no-trade clause in his contract, so that gives him some power as to where he ends up. Uh, Indianapolis tried to speak with Deshaun Watson, but Houston declined their request to speak uh, to the quarterback. Not really a surprise. We all knew Houston was never going to trade Deshaun Watson within the division. That would be franchise suicide. Um, Watson, really, Mike, needs to be traded before these other guys like Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, We'll get into Baker Mayfield in just a second. But Watson is the top dog who everyone's waiting to see where he goes. Yeah, and I was a little surprised, I guess, that the Colts at least made made an attempt to talk with him, only because of the, the dynamics of ownership with, with the three daughters and whatever went on with Deshaun Watson. But it's, it's also due diligence to see, you know, it, to at least kick the tires. But, yeah, it's it's – this is one where the Deshaun Watson thing, then the dominoes start falling. Let's say he goes all of a sudden to uh, Atlanta. Well, then they probably try to get rid of Matt Ryan. Then is he in the quarterback mix? And if he goes to Cleveland and Baker Mayfield, which is a strange situation going on there. So, you know, yeah, Watson doesn't impact the Colts only in that he impacts the quarterback market. Yeah, the quarterback market, let's go ahead and take a look at it now because uh, there's been a lot of changes in this quarterback market since we spoke last week following the Carson Wentz trade. Um, The Colts, we'll we'll have to see, uh, they had roughly $55 in cap space before the Ngakwe trade, Um, and I just saw from SpotRack that Ngakwe brings over $13 million um, to the Colts with a $5 million roster bonus due this Friday. Um, so the Colts will probably have closer to $40 million after Ngakwe. Still plenty of money near the top of the league. $55 million was most in the NFL by over $10 mil. Um, but the quarterback market has moved. The first major move, Mitch Trubisky, signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers on a two-year deal, I believe, in total is worth $14 million. Um, this not only takes a quarterback option away from the Colts, but it presumably means Pittsburgh is now out of the veteran QB market. I would not rule out the Steelers taking a quarterback in the draft, uh, maybe to pair with Trubisky and see he ends up being the better QB. Another guy off the market, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, started for the Denver Broncos last year. He is now signed with Miami on a one-year deal. Tyrod Taylor is also signing with the New York Giants on a two-year, $17 million deal. Kind of interesting, Tyrod got uh, more money, at least potentially more money than Mitch Trubisky. But anyway, those are three quarterbacks no longer available to the Colts. Uh, Free agent names who are still options for Indianapolis include Marcus Mariota, somebody we've been... um, fans on of the show in terms of maybe the Colts sign Mariota for a year rather than uh, trade away a lot for a quarterback who might not be too much better. Jameis Winston still available. A few other names, Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett. Now let's talk about this trade market, Mike, because Baker Mayfield's name 
has been connected with the Colts quite a bit over the last couple of days. Uh, there's reports circulating that Cleveland might be willing to move on. They're certainly interested in Watson. They've spoken to him. Um, and then last night, Tuesday night, Baker posted a note on social media thanking the city of Cleveland, saying he'll cherish the time he had in Cleveland. Um, that's that's pretty telling right there that he thinks he's moving on. And there's a report from Pro Football Network's Tony Pauline saying that the Colts are Baker Mayfield's preferred trade destination. Mayfield has one year, $18 million left on his contract. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Colts trading for Baker Mayfield, who suddenly has entered this QB trade market conversation? Well, first, I did, I did just get confirmation on the trade. It, it is a done. It's a done deal with with, with the Raiders. Uh, any yeah, any I, additional details, or is it just no? Just just that for right now is all I've got. With gotcha. Mayfield, one thing to keep in mind, and this is just me spitballing. The Colts just fired away as in Ballard's words with Carson Wentz last year giving up two pretty good draft picks for a quarterback that they were sort of banking on that was coming off a bad year and all this to think that they would want to do that again giving up a prime I, I don't know what it would take to get Baker Mayfield Whether would it take a one would it take whatever I don't know I'm not sure that they are willing to give up more draft capital for a guy you just you hope, but you just don't know. That's why I've taken the approach that with all these options and there, there's a red flag by every one of these guys. There just is, and unless you find a Derek Carr, which I just don't know that that's realistic. Everybody else is a red flag. So if that's the case, then just find a free agent, Marcus Mariota, whomever, uh, Fitzpatrick, and yeah, not really, but. You know, give him his $10, $15 million, and you're not giving up draft capital because you're looking to redo this next year. I just don't know how willing they would be to give up draft capital again on a quarterback they're not sure of. Yeah, May- Mayfield does make me nervous. I do think he would fit Indianapolis very well. I've, I'll, and I'll, I'll preface with this. I've always kind of been a Baker Mayfield fan. I know he can rub some people the wrong way. I've always kind of liked his moxie. I liked his story of walk-on quarterback to Heisman winner to first overall pick. Um, and he's a guy who he's admittedly been up and down in the NFL. His rookie year, 27 touchdown passes to 14 interceptions. You saw he was going to be a star. 2019, 22 touchdowns, 21 picks. Comes back in 2020 with a real bounce back year. 26 touchdown passes, 8 interceptions. Lead Cleveland Browns to the playoffs for the first time since 2002. And then this past year, um, really kind of struggled. 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And played with significant injuries uh, throughout most of the year. He suffered a completely torn labrum in his uh, non-throwing shoulder. And fraying in his non-throwing shoulder in week 2 fractured his humus bone in week six and wore a harness to prevent it from repeatedly dislocating. And then dealt with lower body injuries throughout the year, left heel, right knee, and groin injuries. So this is a guy who has really toughed it out through a lot of injuries throughout this past year. Um, I know it's something that just comes with being in the NFL, but there were several games where 
I think Baker really should not have been playing, and he was out there anyway. Um, and as opposed to Garoppolo, at least his injury is to his non-throwing shoulder, whereas Garoppolo had surgery on his throwing shoulder. Um, someone else, Mike, we need to talk about is Matt Ryan, because if if Deshaun Watson ends up in Atlanta, which he's from Atlanta, I believe he was the ball boy in for the Falcons growing up. He has ties to Atlanta. Um, and he, re- I saw a report that he requested to speak to them. He's highly interested in the Falcons. Matt Ryan could be available. He'll be 37 in May. Uh, I saw Spotrack report that if Ryan is traded, his new team will take on $23 million 2022 cap hit, which is slightly cheaper than Garoppolo's. It's really not that bad. A lot of that dead money stays with Atlanta. Um, he's a veteran quarterback. He was league MVP in 2016. Uh, last season was kind of a down year for Ryan, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, first time in many, many years, he's been below 4,000 yards, although just barely and 67% completions over the last three years. He has 72 touchdown passes, 37 INTs, and he's been sacked over 40 times, uh, each of the past four seasons. So Mike, when you compare a guy like Baker Mayfield, who's, like you said, kind of similar to Wentz, been up and down, um, a team, his drafting team is moving on from him, compared to a guy like Matt Ryan, who I would say compares a little bit more to Phillip Rivers near the end of his career, a very successful quarterback, borderline Hall of Fame, uh, who could maybe still get it done with a much better team around him. Let's not pretend like Atlanta has had a very competitive roster the last few years. Which quarterback do you think would be better for the Colts this upcoming season and going forward? You're talking Ryan or Mayfield or, or, or all of them? Ryan or Mayfield specifically, but let's just go ahead and lump Jimmy G in there as well. Well, I, I would, again, I don't like any of those three. I, I, it goes back to, to, to what I mentioned. If I had to take one, I'd take Matt Ryan. Uh, again, you're paying, what would you say, $22 million? He's going to cost you more. Yeah, at least some- this year. He has a second. He is also under contract for 2023, so I'm not sure exactly. I think it would depend on how much Atlanta agreed to eat. But it, it, Again, it just depends on how you look at these guys. If you look at uh, Matt Ryan or a Garoppolo as, as being, well, maybe it's, it's not a one-year thing. It's, it's, hey, maybe there's something there, which is what you said last year with, with Carson Wentz. Then, okay, I, I wouldn't agree with it, but I understand your reasoning. If I'm getting Matt Ryan for one year, if I'm getting Garoppolo for one year, or, or Mayfield for one year, I don't give up draft capital. I just don't. Uh, that's why I say all you're looking to do is, is – is get the best of, of, of lukewarm options in, in this year to get you to next year. That's why I go with the free agent. Again, I'm stuck on Mariota, but give me another free agent if you want. With Jimmy Garoppolo, keep in mind, he had shoulder surgery. He probably won't throw until late June or July, which means he's he's done for the offseason. And that's another so much that worked against Carson Wentz last year included truncated off-season work and no training camp because of the injuries. Do you want to do that again with your next quarterback to where he's not he's not going to start throwing until June or July? I, I just don't see these guys doing that. So if, if Matt Ryan becomes available, I suppose, 
he would be a lot closer to a Philip Rivers where he's done it at a high level, and he could really energize your passing game. I'm just going to be that stubborn guy that says, I'm not giving up draft capital for a one-year quarterback. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from, where if it's just a one-year rental, why are you sacrificing the future for a quarterback who probably isn't going to win you the Super Bowl in 2022 regardless? Um, that being said, I do think Mayfield, of these quarterbacks, has the most potential to be more than what we thought he was. Kind of like with Carson Wentz, where you bring in a guy who you say, this guy does have the potential to be the long-term answer. Uh, we know Matt Ryan is towards the last few years of his career. He'll be 37. Jimmy G's 31. Um, I think at this point we know what he is. And J- Jimmy G comes with injury injury issues, not only to his shoulder, but he, he's not strung together two consecutive healthy seasons. So that's that's another concern with Garoppolo. At least with Baker Mayfield, you have someone who I think he'll be 27 going into this season, much younger. If he plays well on that one-year deal, maybe the Colts franchise him and see if he can do it again before then committing to him long-term. Uh, of all these options, I think Mayfield gets me the most excited for the future, Matt Ryan might get me the most excited for one year. Like he might be able to put together the best 2022 season uh, with this Colts team and just kind of manage manage the team like Philip Rivers did. Um, but still, the Colts very unlikely to find their long term answer here unless they get Baker and he ends up having a career renaissance uh, in Indianapolis. A couple other guys I kind of want to note. One, 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 one thing. So much of the argument you've made about Mayfield was made last year about Wentz. Correct. It was. It, it was. And that, that's what would scare me. It would it, it would have to scare the Colts that there's so many times, maybe, maybe, we'll see. He's young. What was uh, Wentz? Was he the second overall pick? I mean, he everything that you've mentioned on, it's almost like we can fix him. And we we, we can fix him. Well, he, you know, So th- that's my only concern is, is I, I think that the Colts are going to take the uh, the fact that we were burned once in this. I don't know that we're going to do it again unless they're really sold. They, they were as sold as they could be on Wentz, and this is this is this is Frank Reich and his input on, on how they could move forward with, with Wentz, and it didn't work. I understand everything you're saying is an argument. I just don't see the Colts sticking with. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe not. And maybe trade compensation plays into this as well. If they could get Baker Mayfield for a third-round pick, but Matt Ryan's costing a second or Jimmy G's costing a second, maybe they just go with Mayfield then if there's not that big of a difference in their eyes as to the quarterback. I'm sure there's a lot going into this. A couple quarterbacks I did want to make note of. Derek Carr, there was a lot of smoke about Colts in the car last week. That seems to have really cooled off uh, recently, especially with the Raiders making moves, bringing in Rocky Sin, bringing in Chandler Jones. It does not look like the Raiders are wanting to ship off their franchise quarterback and really rebuild as of this moment. Of course, that could change as soon as we stop recording here. And then Kirk Cousins was another name being floated out there, but he, um, within the past few days, is being extended by Minnesota, his contract being extended through the 2023 season. So Minnesota has Cousins... For the next two years, it does not look like he will be on the move this offseason. 
Um, before we move on to some other free agent happenings, I did want to note that it looks like the Colts deal Yasin for Ngakwe is straight up, just player for player. I'm not seeing any kind of draft comp- uh, compensation or anything else reported along with that. So I, th- I think what this says, it's not like they discarded Rock Yasin. They think he's going to be a good player. He was, he was solid last year. But, uh, again, like you and I have talked, give me a, give me a known pass rusher and I'll, and I'll find my way at cornerback as opposed to give me a cornerback and we'll see what we can do at pass rush. So I would rather have a, a, a known pass rusher to help my secondary as opposed to a good secondary helping my pass rush. And I think, I think they, again, if they get a Casey Hayward from the Raiders, that helps. And you can draft a second or third round, probably third round corner. So I just, you know, you can't have enough good pass rushers and they finally get a good one. No, I, I agree. I, I like the trade. Honestly, I do now that we know officially what it is. Um, I think this gives the Colts a pass rusher who has shown he can be a double digit sack player. Um, and when the heat is on in the fourth quarter and it's you need to get after the quarterback, the Colts will have. Ngakwe on one side, Quidipe on the other, uh, DeForest Buckner up the middle, and then maybe Odangbo joining him in the middle. Those front four getting after the quarterback sounds pretty good to me right here. And, I mean, as we stand now, the Colts' uh, defensive line and pass rush is looking better for 2022 than it was in 2021. So that's a good sign for Indianapolis. It's good to be able to say they've upgraded a position of need. Looking across the positions in need here, let's start at wide receiver, Mike, because there have been some chips to fall. The first one, Amari Cooper traded to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Dallas just gets back a fifth-round pick, and they exchanged six-rounders with the Browns. Mike, not a whole lot to give up for a star receiver like Amari Cooper, but he is due $20 million per year over the next three seasons, so his um, high-contract price might have been a reason why the Colts were not sending a fifth round pick for Cooper services. Yeah, I, I'm hoping the Colts go after some receiver whose name we know and has had some strong success. Chris Ballard's not going to pay $20 million a year for a receiver. It's not going to happen. It, it just isn't. Uh, so, again, I, that's one. Again, I, I would have given up that compensation every day as far as draft picks. But you can't. They, they weren't going to take on that contract. And if you look at some of these, there's a couple of these I would have done. You know, I, I like Chark at uh, one year, twelve million dollars to to Detroit. That's that's pretty doggone good. But uh, again, this is a position we're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Allen Robinson's still out there. We'll see what he if he can get past the uh, Christian Kirk contract. But uh, this is going to be a deep draft again for receivers. I think they go receiver in the draft. But as we've talked ad nauseum, they need a veteran receiver to go with Michael Pittman. They certainly do. One more veteran that has signed, we haven't mentioned yet, Michael Gallup re-signing with Dallas. A five-year deal worth up to $62.5 million for Gallup. You mentioned Allen Robinson, I would say, is the consensus top veteran wide receiver still available. Odell Beckham, another one, but he's recovering from a torn ACL. Other names include... Juju Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry, who was cut by the Browns on Monday. Colts players have really been lobbying on Twitter for Landry to come to Indianapolis. 
a few other names, Will Fuller, Jamison Crowder, Emmanuel Sanders, just a few veterans who might be able to help the Colts out going forward. At left tackle, there has not been a ton of movement yet. This might also be tied to the Deshaun Watson deal. Um, Teron Armstead, the top left tackle available, is still uh, mulling his options. I'm sure if Watson ends up with the Saints, maybe Armstead wants to return to the Saints, so he might be waiting on that to get done. Dwayne Brown from the Seahawks is still available. The one left tackle who has signed a notable deal, Joe Noteboom, re-signs with the Rams on a three-year deal worth up to $47.5 million. Um, he is set to be their new left tackle for Matthew Stafford because Andrew Whitworth has announced his retirement after a long and terrific career in the NFL. So we'll see what happens. Eric Fisher is still out there as well. I guess it's possible the Colts could still bring him back. Uh, but Mike, as it stands, I kind of think the Colts might go into next year with Pryor as their starting left tackle. Maybe they'll draft somebody as well, but I think they might feel good enough about Pryor to hold down that left side, especially at his price. I hope they find another guy mid-level a year, $10 million as a possibility. That's probably not very realistic. Uh, but again, at least they, at least they're in better shape now this time la- than they were this time last year where they didn't even have a, a, a reliable fallback until they brought in Tevi and Davenport, which Neither one worked out, so we'll see. We'll see where this goes. I, 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 I prefer obviously Pryor as as the swing tackle, but failing that, he's going to be your starting left tackle. Looking at the tight end market, Zach Ertz has re-signed with Arizona, a three-year deal worth up to thirty-one million. C.J. Uzama, uh, the talented Bengals tight end, is signing with the Jets, another three-year deal. This one worth up to twenty-four million. We mentioned Evan Ingram signing a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts could certainly use another tight end. A veteran would be great. And one guy recently released, Austin Hooper, was let go by the Cleveland Browns as they try and clear cap space. They franchise tag Najoku. Um, So Hooper, who will enter the 2022 season at age 27, is available. Um, I few years ago, he really cashed in after a great season in Atlanta where he had over 700 yards, um, a ton of catches. I think he made the Pro Bowl that year. So Hooper is a reliable receiving target the Colts could go after at tight end. Um, Rob Gronkowski is the next best available tight end. Mike, we haven't even mentioned Tom Brady coming back out of retirement because we've been so busy with all this Colts news. Um, But with Brady back in Tampa Bay, I kind of expect Rob Gronkowski to be back in Tampa Bay so long as Gronkowski chooses to continue playing. A few other names the Colts could target at tight end. Hayden Hurst from Atlanta, O.J. Howard, uh, former first-round pick of the Buccaneers, and Robert Tunyon from Green Bay, although Tunyon's coming off of a significant knee injury. Defensive end, it looks like the Colts have made their move at defensive end. Um, We mentioned Chandler Jones landing with the Raiders and the Colts players, Darius Leonard and Kenny Moore. They were really chirping at Jones on Twitter, trying to get after him. I saw a report that he was interested in the Colts, but ultimately he ends up uh, with the Raiders. Randy Gregory signed a huge contract with Denver, five years, $70 million. Emmanuel Ogba re-signs with the 
Dolphins four-year deal worth up to $65 million, and Hassan Reddick is signing with the Eagles a three-year deal worth up to $45 mil. A couple of the best players still available if the Colts decide to sink more money into defensive end. Von Miller is still out there, Jadavion Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Derek Barnett, and Jason Pierre-Paul. But Mike, kind of just going through how expensive these contracts for defensive ends are and the fact that the Colts just acquired Ngakwe from the Raiders, I'd be surprised if they made another significant splash at this position. Yeah, they're out of the market for that. Uh, if you get to where it's other guys have have got nothing in 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 in, in April or May, then then maybe. But no, I, you have to prioritize it. You have to kind of check things off when you get it done. So, I think you check off pass rush, and now you look. Now, of course, now you've you've created a a, a bigger need at corner, which they they needed that anyway. Now they they've accentuated that. But you know, I, yeah, this. Kamoko Ture, does he come back here? I don't know. You know, do, do they get him redone? I, I don't know. It's, at some point you have to move on, but uh, they've taken care of their, 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 their major need at edge pass rush. They have, and that's encouraging. With a taking care of one need, they've opened up a greater need at cornerback. Several of the big names are already uh, signed to deals with teams. J.C. Jackson being the biggest he goes from new england has now signed with the chargers who they've gone gangbusters and free agency and making trades and stuff as well but unlike the jaguars theirs actually look good jc jackson signs a five-year deal worth up to 82 million with the chargers who also got khalil mack um who also re-signed mike williams Chargers really going all in now while they still have herbert on a rookie contract and that just shows the kind of flexibility a team has while they're still paying a star quarterback rookie money. Uh, another top cornerback, Carlton Davis, he is resigning with Tampa Bay. Uh, once the Tom Brady news came out that he was coming back, a lot of these Buccaneers decided uh, to join forces with him again in Tampa. Three-year contract worth up to $45 million for Davis. Chardavius Ward from the Chiefs is signing a deal with the San Francisco 49ers. Three years worth up to $43 million. And I mentioned Darius Williams signing with Jacksonville. Uh, the top names as far as who's available at cornerback, Casey Hayward, we've mentioned him. Uh, he would be a short-term fix for the Colts. He's going to be 33 by the start of this season. Kyle Fuller, star cornerback, formerly of Chicago, had a down year in Denver last year. Maybe the Colts bring him in. Steven Jackson played in Philly mo- most recently. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Steven Nelson Dante Jackson is available, free agent from the Carolina Panthers. And Mike, a name I've seen floated out there, not really any serious report, but Tyron Matthew. I just wanted to mention, great player. Um, It'd be really fun if he came to the Colts. I'm not sure exactly where he'd play. He's kind of that nickel player, which is Kenny Moore's position, or you can put him in at safety, but... The Colts already have their starters at safety penciled in with Blackman and Willis. I'm sure a talent like Matthew, you figure out a way to make it work, but I'd be really surprised if the Colts gave that money to Tyran Matthew with all the other needs they have just because the positions he plays, safety slash nickel, the Colts already have starters and good players at those spots. Well, you can never have too many good players, but he would come down to almost being a luxury and how much you're going to pay for that. 
he's going to want big money. Somebody will pay him big money. I don't think it'll be Indy. Although he, you're right, he'd be fun here, and he would help this defense immensely. They they might get to those forty turnovers if Matthew was on the team. I I, I don't know where you play everybody. Uh, maybe you put Willis down at linebacker a little more. I'm not sure. Uh, if 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 you know the maniac can play at two fifteen, I'm sure Willis probably isn't too far off that. But I just don't see the Tyran Matthew deal happening. Um, I think that's going to just about wrap things up for this free agency update episode of the Colts Blue Zone podcast. I'm really happy we had the trade break while we recorded so we can address that. Uh, Hopefully we'll get some movement on quarterbacks soon and cannot wait to discuss who the next quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts will be. We will be back next week to break down everything that's happened between now and then. I'm sure we will have more news. Uh, Mike, any last words for the people? No, but I, I think we'll have a quarterback to talk about next week. I, I do I don't see this going another week without knowing what they're doing, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hopefully the news doesn't break as soon as we quit recording here. But you know what? That's just how things happen sometimes. Thank you so much for listening, Colts fans. Please subscribe and download for us. Follow the Colts Blue Zone on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. Follow Mike on Twitter at MChapel51. You can follow me on Twitter at Roto Street Joe, and hopefully you'll be happy with the Colts' next quarterback. We'll talk to you again soon. Take it easy.